Welcome back to another episode of What's Your Jersey Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Marfuji. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Grazie and prego uh, for listening every week. I really appreciate it. And write, rating, reviewing, doing all the things. We're going to have a good time today. I'm very excited for this next guest. I know I keep saying I'm very excited. But you're <laughs> <laughs> like, listen to that laugh. I mean, he's awesome. You're awesome. What if I wasn't just, you know, like <laughs> just that laugh. The laugh's all I got. Man. <laughs> I kill children, you know, something like <laughs> terrible. <laughs> God, no, we don't like children killers on the yeah, What's yeah, Your Jersey yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that voice right there, you might recognize from a few TV shows, uh, you've seen him on 106 and Park. He was one of the hosts of that on BET, and you're one of the hosts of the BET Experiment. Yeah. Yes, spelled with just an X at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, just the X. You know, you know, you know, black people like to spell things differently. You know, like names and. <laughs> Show titles. Because <laughs> you're just cool. Yeah, you know, that's what they do. That's what they do. You, the, the experiment. That's you what they cut did. the fat. Yeah, you don't need all that stuff. No. Uh, it too, takes too long. And he's a touring comedian. He performs all over the country doing stand-up. Uh, he tours a lot with Donnell Rawlings, which I'm very excited about. And right now, guys, he rushed here from set because he just started filming season two of the Nickelodeon show Crash Leets, which you host with oh season three season three. Oh god yeah yeah it's look even bigger you. even bigger and better man oh man i didn't even know <laughs> that look at you well i guess i'm still stuck watching season two so it's that's all good you can watch the reruns i didn't realize that i'm on dvr you can dvr them right now oh guys yeah. listen to that you can dvr yeah. crashly it's yeah. nickelodeon you host <laughs> it with rob gronkowski yeah. from the new england patriots and stevie nelson yeah. everyone welcome to the podcast brandon Brody. thank you for having me this is you know it's been it's been something in the making that we've been trying to make happen and i'm happy that it was able to fall on this wonderful monday night i know this is great this, this is, is great this is amazing i love it i'm excited i'm happy to be here you're what i call a hustler we were just talking about hustling mm -hmm. and i love that you and i both had to squeeze this in because of other work other work you know but that's <laughs> i mean that's respect i can respect that you know if you're just saying like it's, if it's just bs like you want to go to a party or something i'm like yo you don't really want this you know but mm -hmm. if it's you know you you got you got gigs tonight like Dude, do your gigs. That's why we're doing this, you know? I know. We're, we're doing this so that we can get more and more gigs. I want to describe your hair right now yeah, because yeah. you just came from set. Is this something they did for you? No, they didn't do this. I got another girl to do it outside of it. You know, they, they, uh, I, I went to prison this weekend to get, no, I didn't go. I'm just, <laughs> no, I got two cornrows. I got the, uh, I got like one of the most light skin hairstyles that you can have out here today. I have the, the fade on the sides. And cornrows on the top, but you know when I don't have it cornrowed, I have it in a man bun. And I tried, I tried so hard to resist getting the man bun, but I just, I just heard Drake's voice just come to me, and he was like, "Ah, uh, fade the sides, ah." Uh, Abel, huh? Abel. Eight ball? No, Drake. <laughs> that's his name. Drake. Drake's name is Eight Ball. Yeah, Abel. Abel. Oh no, it's Aubrey. <laughs> Aubrey, that's look it. at you. That's why I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> Abel, where did? Yeah, I get clearly Abel you're a Drake from? fan. Yeah, Abel. I'm, I feel terrible because I'm not the biggest Drake fan. You don't have to be. I'm not mad at you. I don't. You don't want have to be. To hate him. Or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. But I'm just kind of like, yeah, you're cool. You're not. It doesn't. It doesn't do it for you. It doesn't tickle your fancy. I'm more of a Jay Z, Biggie, Tupac. Okay. Even Kanye, so, I get excited about. Yeah, I, I can. Get, I used to be able to get excited for Kanye. It's. I went to his. Uh, I I didn't like Yeezus, and then I went to his St. Pablo tour. Oh, you and were I there. And I was. I was there, man. I was there when he left early. We got a forty-five minute show, and then he was out. He was out. He was out, and he, and it's like, and in fifteen minutes of that was he was playing Kim Kardashian's baby videos. Oh god! And that was weird, and I'm like, and it was so the scariest thing was just looking at all the people in the stands, and everybody was enamored by her baby videos. Really? And I couldn't understand it. And it was like it was it was like this 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 sheeple, all the sheeple just watching. I'm like, dude, she's not even here. Don't you think it's strange that we're watching her baby videos at this thing? Like that's how much people think that they have to like it. And so I was turning around looking at people. I was like, yo, are y'all really watching this right now? <laughs> I mean, I guess it was like his kind of thing to profess his love. And I see you got the Kardashian book up there, so maybe I'm in the wrong place no, to no. be talking about Kardashians. I that see the 
was that, that was, picture a signed book or something? It was a it was a Christmas present from a mom about ten years ago. So <laughs> what, okay, so should I feel bad or not? Like, what if no, I'm just talking? Are you a Kardashian? I think am I? You know, I've been I've been asked that a few you times. Know, yeah, so maybe I'm in the wrong place to be talking shit right now. I think they can handle the talking shit. Okay. I think they, especially Chloe. I think she can make fun of herself. Yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. just it was just weird. It was just strange that they were a lot. I mean, I would I would even if somebody was watching my baby videos at a concert, I would think that's weird. I just don't think you should be. In my opinion, baby videos are kind of they're kind of scary. They're kind of scary. I mean, yeah, some something is creepy about other people's baby videos. You always feel like that baby is no longer living. I don't know if it's because of like America's Most Wanted or Unsolved <laughs> Mysteries, but whenever I see baby videos, it's normally like Jacqueline Marvuji was last seen <laughs> December nineteenth, two thousand two. Then they show your baby videos. You want to slide? If anyone has any updates or let her her whereabouts, please call. Like that's. That's creepy. Yeah. I don't, maybe you should uh, tweet at Kanye. He likes, he tweet likes to Kanye. tweet Kanye. He yeah. might actually respond. Yeah, he you has what? nothing better to do, right? <laughs> he's not making he, the great music he used to. Uh, he's, I think, going to the gym. I think he's Is he going to the gym? Weight. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, he's geez. lifting con weights. He, con weights. Yeah, I like Kanye that. weights. Did you go to the Watch the Throne tour? I did. That was dope. That was, that was nice. fun. But I also feel that that was some kind of, <laughs> I feel like it was an Illuminati ritual. <laughs> because when they hit niggas in Paris, they did it six times. Like they did it like ten times they back to back to back. And mine. somehow, part of me really thinks that's part of like like once they complete like the sixth song, uh, you know, they they are uh, they they move to the next level of Illuminati. -dom. That's really funny. somehow they brainwashed. They did in all every city. Us. Yeah, I could see people getting brainwashed. You know. Oh well, just putting the diamond up. Is that oh yeah, like throwing the the triangle. The triangle. Yeah, yeah with the eye. Yeah. Every time I go to the airport and I have to walk through that thing, I'm like, oh, Illuminati. You throw it up, and you throw it up too. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> You I wonder to. how many people think that. Isn't Illuminati an Italian word? <laughs> it's it's definitely Italian. It's definitely Italian. So, God. again, there, there's my strike, too, with Jacqueline Marfugi, <laughs> Kardashians and Illuminati. Well, the Kardashians, it's fine. Uh -huh. it's, I feel like Kim's the queen of, like, social media. Like, she's the one that just likes to put it out there. So, she's probably happy her baby videos are being were being blasted everywhere. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I just think there's a time and a place. Yeah. Like, Kanye, we want to hear Fade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We see Kim's <laughs> baby I video. I, I'm we'll telling you, I don't even, I don't, I can't tell you any of the hits that he really played. It just felt like, it a felt rant? like he played, a, yeah, it felt like a rant. He had his. What did he have? Did he have that mask on? I can't remember if he had that oh, mask I hate on. The mask. Yeah, that 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 mask thing that he was doing that was weird too. Because how do you know Kanye West is even there? <laughs> like we're all believing that he's under that mask. It's this weird. Yeah. They could have just kept the tour going after he had a breakdown. Anyone could. Anyone. Yeah. You could have been. I could have been him. <laughs> you know. No one knows. You wait. You were Obama stand-in for something. Yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. I was. <laughs> uh, I got the picture on my phone too. Well, look at that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Wait, can you it. tell the meatballs about that? Yeah, meatballs. So, oh, that's I, um, so cool. I'm gonna post that. I got the opportunity to stand in for Barack Obama. I was working with this company. I was doing PA gigs. Mm. Anyone that doesn't know, that's production assistant. So I was doing production assistant stuff in DC. And this company I was working work for it was with PBS. It was through PBS and WETA, so public access. And they hired me for this thing called like the. Uh, kids inaugural so it was like this big concert where they had all these celebrities and it was basically like oh we got the obamas in office and we're gonna have a concert to celebrate them because the obamas are cool so it was all this thing being married anyways they kept me on file and like a few months later they asked me if i would be a stand-in for another production they were doing and i was like yeah of course they're like yeah it's stevie wonder he's presenting songs from the civil rights Mu movement at the at the white house Oh no! Stevie, it, was a, it was a tribute to Stevie Wonder. That's what it was. Oh okay. And he was doing something at the White House, and they asked me if I'd be a stand-in. I was like, Yeah, cool. Who am I standing in for? They were like, The woman almost laughed. She was like, <laughs> uh, President Obama. I was like, Yeah, right. All right, whatever. So she, she, I'm like, All right. So what's the details? She's like, All right. So we need you to meet at the Northeast Gate at this time. Make sure you wear a suit. They, they were very strict. Told me like what I couldn't bring, and it was like, Like you please be here at this time. Little did I know, I really was standing in for Obama. Like I was reading from the teleprompter as him. I was rehearsing his entrances with this Michelle Obama stand in. Like it was legit. And it was an amazing experience. And they had like, I don't know, different, so many different celebrities were there. And we were all, I remember they were, we were standing in line. They had a photo op at the end of the day. Or excuse me, before the show began, they had like a photo op. Mm -hmm. 
And I was like, dude, yo, I'm trying to take a photo with Obama. Like, this is our new president. Like, I got, like he was in office for like like three. I don't even know if he take take took his first shit in the White House. Like, it was that fresh, you know, <laughs> that fresh into his presidency. I was like, dude, if I get this, my Facebook page will be popping because Instagram wasn't that hot then. I was like, my Facebook page MySpace will be, maybe. yeah, maybe my my MySpace. <laughs> like, the top, everyone's gonna be want to be my top eight after this. So so. So I was, you know, I put everything into that to try to take this picture, and I was with the Michelle Obama stand-in, and I, was, I told her the plan. I was like, "Yo, so we're gonna stand in line with all these celebrities, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna just move in. We're just gonna, you know, be act like we're known, act like we're supposed to be there." And as we started getting closer to the door, she started getting cold feet, got nervous, and she was like, "I don't know, Brody. I don't know if we, I don't know if we should be doing this, Brandon. Like, this is, uh, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, the security's looking at us." And I'm, so I stepped out of line. And I gave her a pep talk. I'm like, "Yeah, of course they're gonna be looking at us when you're acting like this. Like you're acting like crazy." And nervous and everything. You just gotta be cool. Steady the worst hand. thing, steady your hand. The worst, steady, hand. steady it. So the worst thing that they are gonna say is no. All right. So we get back in line and we're waiting again. Now you know people are going in, taking their picture. The celebrities getting their picture. And as soon as we get to the door, they close it and say, "All right, no more photo ops. We have no more time. We have to get the show started." Dude, when I tell you, like, I you know I would never want to hit anybody just in the White House, but the, and I would never want to hit a woman. But that time, man. I wanted somebody else to, you know, I wanted, I, I definitely wanted harm upon her. I was so mad. She ruined my, I had all, you know, I had all these visions of, of what my life was going to be like after my photo op with Obama. So did you hit her? Because I, there no, I, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her. Let her for, for the record, <laughs> I did not hit her in any way you edit this. I did not hit that woman. <laughs> nothing happened. There was no harm done. There was no painting that accidentally no, fell off a nothing wall. Nothing fell off a wall. She's, she's fine now. <laughs> she was fine then and she will forever be fine. And anyways, How did you accomplish this. So then the next year they called me again and they said, hey, would you be willing to work another event? This time it's for a celebration of civil rights music at the White House. I was like, of course. I was like, you guys need me to stand in again. Like, you know, I did my thing. They're like, oh, no, no, we just we're just going to have you. Uh, we're, you're going to be a, a, a PA this time. I was like, cool, whatever. You know, the first time I did get to meet him, he came by a gauntlet and shook our hands. And I said, oh, I'm your stand. And he was like, oh, well, you sure do look better than me. And that was my moment. That was all I had. You know, great moment, though. <gasps> That's awesome. So flash forward a year, a year later, 2010, uh, I asked. Oh, no, was it 2009? Uh, maybe it's 2010. Anyways, um, I finally got the opportunity to, to PA. And I saw in the agenda that they had another photo op happening. So this time I learned my lesson, don't bring anyone with you when you want to go take the photo op. So this time I turned off my walkie-talkie, I t basically took my, turned off my cell phone, took myself off the grid so the production coordinator and the managers would not be able to reach me. And I just started kind of like hovering outside the blue room. That's where they were taking pictures. So I started kind of hovering and just kind of pacing, waiting for my moment. And as they were kind of wrapping up, Michelle saw me outside into the other room and just made this like squinty face at me. And she was looking at me and I looked at her and she was like, like, it was almost like this quizzical, like, where do I know you from? You know? So I came in and I was like, hey, Michelle, I heard the guy say, are there any more photo ops? And I kind of like walked in and I was like, hey, Michelle, I was your, I was a uh, Barack standing last year. She's like, oh yeah, that's right. Barry, Barry, come over here. This, he was your standing. He was like, oh yeah, well, he sure does look better than me. He said the same thing he said before. And which which was cool because he's consistent. Definitely don't think he remembered me, but that's because he's a great politician. He's great. Great. He made me feel like he remembered me. Mm -hmm. So he, that was nothing. I said, oh, I'd love to take a picture. They're like, of course. Dude, the, the Associated Press person was right there, snapped the photo in the long, in the uh, the, the widescreen version of this photo, Michelle's actually in it walking away. She jumped out the photo, and he, but he still caught her. So she's in the background just walking like walking out of it. But I got that photo right there. And if you notice, I got the dominant hand. When your hand's like that, that's considered the dominant hand. So when Obama goes overseas, yeah. if, you're, if this part of your hand is facing outwards, that's supposedly be like the dominant hand. So when you, you're shaking hands with other prime ministers and foreign leaders, notice. Anyways. So he knew he had a future like Emmy nominated Oscar winner in his presence. So he was like, I better give the dominant. You hand. You know what? That's that's probably, that's probably what it was. Did. Yeah, he that's felt greatness. He did. He did. He could tell it was <laughs> it was like this light skin thing. He was like, I don't know, man, but this might be the new light skin ambassador. I mean, right now it's me and Drake, but I'm pretty sure this guy's going to be it. <laughs> Two Drake references now. <laughs> We're gonna so go for three. You better I'm, throw oh, another. Gonna, in there. It's gonna be appropriate. You're gonna wait. There. Just wait, guys. You're do gonna you hear. Do you do impressions at all? Um, I can do impressions of people a lot better people. than I can of celebrities. Like, okay. like you have characters, friends, and or or just like you know people I work with for a long time or people I know yeah. fairly, fairly well. Like, um, 
Oh man, who could I do? I mean, I, I'll, let me finish the story and then I'll go oh, into yeah, that. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like forgetting where I am. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah, let me finish. I'm Beyonce gonna let you finish. Should've won. Yeah, yeah. Beyonce should have won. <laughs> Rhoda should have finished his thing. Uh, I just Kanye'd you. I'm you sorry. Kanye, we, unbelievable. <laughs> you know how I feel about him. Oh my God, you just became Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't think this could happen to me twice. This is great. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I uh, ended up taking the picture. I went to the Associated Press guy, and I was like, yo, man, I don't care what it takes. Please send me that photo. I, and he was like, yeah, just give me your address. I wrote it down on some notepad paper for him. Didn't think that it was ever going to you know, matriculate to anything. Dude, like two weeks later, I get this crisp-ass envelope from the White House. It literally says the White House on it with the address, and it's – it's it's uh out to me my parents house and i opened this thing and it was legit the picture like the crispest legit glossiest picture you could ever see it was like a i don't know 15 by 17 or something like that photo i guess that was dimensions man i pulled that out and i swear to god my parents just stood around there and just stared at it for like we all just stared at it for like 30 minutes like you know i i had graduated from college i've go, i've done high school and all that but at that time that was the best thing that i'd done for my family that's Take a picture a with the moment. first black president. Oh, they were so proud. You know, I couldn't have done shit wrong. Oh man, I would hate to be your sister. There's nothing. Oh no, you know, no one, no, no one in, the, in our family <laughs> has that Obama picture but me. You know, my dad has a picture with Mike Tyson. My sister has a picture with all different you know celebrities here and there, but no one has that Obama when he was hot. Yeah, when he was hot. It's not like he <laughs> fell off and he's on VH1 now. It's like I have. The pr- I have Obama at his prime picture. Like the dude didn't even have gray hair in the picture. You could see. I know what is he? Didn't have he gray hair. It's still legit. Young yeah. and fresh. No and salt and pepper up in his game. Stress really hadn't happened no yet. No stress. <laughs> you know, he didn't know all the weird things that he knows now that he can't, that he has to take pills to sleep at night. Like I he, know. So it, it was just dope, you know, and so it kind of made up for it. And then I ended up uh, peeing again the next year for a different show. It was Paul McCartney, his <laughs> celebration of music. And this time I tried to do the same thing again, hover outside the blue room. But the, right when it was time for a photo op for me, the security came up to me and said, like, hey, can I help you with anything, sir? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was just trying to say what's up to Barack. You know, I miss standing or whatever. Yeah, nobody, nobody, I was going to say what's up real quick. Yo, Barry! And then, like, just get out of here. And he's like, okay, sir, well, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not going to be able to happen. We're going to be closing the doors at this time. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, no no problem. Cool, cool. I was just looking for my walkie-talkie anyways. So, <laughs> played it off. And just like, you know, killed two birds with one stone. Yeah, no no worries. No, no worries. I, was just, I, I got greedy because this picture was going to be the family portrait. You get, you get the picture with Michelle, Sasha, and Malia and Barack. Oh, so, it was God. like I was really going for it, you know. Everything happens in threes, so I think you're going to get another picture off. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, that technically was the third. It was. In a way, that was the well, third Well, maybe you have two more pictures coming That's what way. I'm saying. That's so it. So maybe it. That may it's be gonna it. going to happen. So <laughs> anyways, yeah, that's that's the Barack story. You guest on Crash Leads. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that idea. I, I don't think know. you should pitch that tomorrow. I'm not mad. I will. I With will. your picture and this podcast. <laughs> they've, they've put the picture on Crash Leads before. They I think have? Yeah, they, I think like first or second season, they put it on in there somewhere. It's just an image. So they know what's up. They know. They know your boy knows Barry. Yes. Like, we cool. We tight. So wait, you're, okay, your jersey is My DC. jersey is DC, yeah. DMV. So Mar- technically Maryland, but, you know, we say DC out here. Okay, LA, what part no one were has you? Any, are so I, I grew up in Silver Spring, okay. Maryland, and then went to college, Towson University, and then my family moved to Hyattsville, Maryland. So all these towns are like equivalent to like a Burbank or a Glendale. You know, Silver Spring is kind of like Glendale, okay. what Glendale is to the L.A. area. Got it. You know, there's there's sub there's a suburb, but there's a nice like all there's like nice little areas you can go to go shop and all that. Um, but it's not over the top like Beverly Hills. There is like a Beverly Hills ish area in the, in there. Okay. But. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I grew up. And so you were always close with your family. And yeah, 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 yeah. Still really close. Still close, man. I mean, since day one, it's day Ooh, one, mom and dad. Who's funnier, you or your sister? Uh, I have two sisters, two brothers. Oh my, where are you in the middle? I'm I'm the youngest. I'm the baby. Look at you. I'm the baby. So I think I mean my my whole family is is funny in their own way. I think everyone has a little bit of different style of humor. I think the one, uh, my sister is my, my sister closest to me in age michelle she can cut you up like she's just very sarcastic and really she's really good with words and she'll cuss you out and like just you won't even know what's happening to you and then my oldest brother he's uh he's like such a people pleaser and he knows how to keep you know like he has a lot of dad jokes you know like daddish type of like just very safe humor but it's still it's still funny i do too yeah 
and then, my, then my dad is hilarious. My dad is super funny. He uh just he's just blunt and bold. Doesn't care who's around. He'll say whatever out of his mouth. So I definitely are you more like that with your comedy? Uh, where does this come from? Your sense of humor. Where does my sense of humor come yeah. from? Sheesh. I mean, it definitely it comes from my mom and dad. You know, my it's and it's more so like my mom's not necessarily the most hilarious person, but she's funny in the sense that my dad's hilarity wouldn't exist without her. You need her as a setup. She's always a setup. And then my dad is like, in like a sitcom, you always need one character to say something. The straight man. Uh, the straight man. And then yeah. my dad says that he's the comic relief. He says that ridiculous line, you know? It's it's the same in my house. When my mom tries to be funny, it's not funny. Correct. I'm like, just be you. Yeah, just say, <laughs> it's like my mom, I'm like, mom, you keep the story going by just talking. Just engage with what dad's saying. And it's hilarious. Like, I could crack up just hearing them just converse. It's, it's the funniest. Okay. So, I want to know. I, I read that you were in a play. Yes. When you were a junior in high school. Yes. Called My Son is Crazy. Yes. But Promising. But Promising. I was. Was I this was the first play that you ever did? First play I ever did. And it was, you know, at that time, I didn't know that I was into entertainment at that time. You mm -hmm. know, a little bit before. I mean, I had, I'd done like, uh, you know, I, I, let's see. I'd done like morning announcements like sixth grade. But I didn't know that like I was into the industry at all. I was always cracking jokes in class, always been a class clown. But I used to get kicked out of classes. I used to be, you know, get in-school suspensions, get detentions, get stuff like that. And then I remember this one girl in my class one day in 10th grade, she told me, well, actually, it was 9th grade. My friends and I did a, uh, we did like a, we had to do a modern day rendition of Romeo, a scene from Romeo and Juliet. So we did that. And it ended up being really funny. We taped it, and then we showed it to the class, and the class thought it was funny. The English teacher at the time was also the drama teacher, and he told me to come audition for the play. And at that time, I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever. Never showed up because I thought that was for losers, gay people, goth kids, weirdos, you know. And I was like, nah, that's not for me. It's 10th grade, same thing happened. We did, it this, uh, we did another scene for another English teacher. It was for the Odyssey. And the teacher came back to me again, asked me to audition. And I was like, yeah, nah, you know, because, again, I still wasn't – like I didn't know that was what was cool. I I didn't know what it was about, you know. Finally, my junior year, I was dating this girl, and she was uh, going to audition for the play. So she said, "You should just do it." So I kind of humbled myself, and I and I did it, and I ended up getting cast as a role, and ended up doing it. Told my friends, they're like, "Oh, we're gonna come and we're gonna roast the shit out of you," because my friends at the time, we were all we were all playing sports, and like you know, we were just very like just wild kids, crazy kids playing sports and cracking jokes. But no one, no one had any appreciation for the arts. Like this was this was the place where the arts to us. You know, it didn't seem yeah. like it could be entertainment. It was like doing you know. Theater. It was like either theater or that's it. Like the, yeah, it's not. I feel like the arts are so much cooler to kids nowadays. Yeah, no, and at the time it wasn't really. I mean, it, it didn't really. I didn't see the connection. Like, dude, if I do plays, then that can lead into like tv it's very you know it very much goes hand in hand or movies whatever i didn't know that but anyways i ended up doing that play it was called my son is crazy but promising the name of my character was arthur i think yeah i think it was pretty sure it was arthur i can't remember one line i can barely remember what it was about but it was but i ended up you know finding out i was kind of a natural at it mm -hmm. so then i did another play the next year called Horror high, horror high. That's a tough word. It's hard to say. <laughs> I don't. How do you say horror? Without saying, without sounding like you're just saying horror. Yeah, it sounds. I feel like I'm saying whores that are high. Horror, like, horror, horror or high. Yeah, horror or high. Oh, maybe that playwright's a genius. Horror or high. Ooh. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, you rewrite that. I don't know, but I played <laughs> a bad guy in that one. The third one I did, my, my I did a, a show called "A Funny Thing Happened on the Way from the uh, on the Way to the Forum." I love that show. So I did like you. You know that one? Mm -hmm. I played Miles Gloriosus. Ooh. So I had to like I had to sing. I had to you know do a solo. So that was really stepping out of my comfort zone. And ended up, you know, my friends at the, by this point, they were like, dude, like, nah, we can't even roast. You know, this is like pretty good. good. Like, you're good. So I done morning. I started doing morning announcements by that point. Then I led that into like, um, what did I do? I started doing morning announcements. I, I hosted our pep rally, hosted like the talent show. So I started really realizing like, yo, like, I think I, I think like I like running this. Like, your high it's school. like really easy. No, I, I really I really did start to like really, you know, kind of be at the top. Like I was, you know, one of the kids that was really um you know i just knew everyone it was i was a popular dude like i knew people i knew a lot of people from different groups you know and i was and always kind of just fell into it mm -hmm. that's so funny i had um drew carter on the podcast yeah, yeah. a while back he used to play for the carolina panthers mm -hmm. the raiders and it was the same thing with him he kind of just fell into playing football wow like he was into other stuff and a lot of other people that have become successful in a certain field yeah 
just their natural talents were recognized by someone else. Yeah, and that's what, and that's why it always takes. And I feel like that's how you know you're really good at something. It's when other people can see it in you because other people aren't going to really blow steam up your ass unless you ask them their opinion. But when people are telling you, dude, you're good at this, like you should do this, it's because they really see something. You know, it's like no one was telling me. You should do brain surgery. Like I, I could really see you just. I mean, just getting, getting in those synapses and just really, you know, getting up in those occipital lobes and just doing stuff. You know, helping people out. No one's saying that to me. Nor do I want to do that. No. But you know, but it's when people start saying something that you kind of know to yourself to be true. Like, yeah, you're right. I do make people laugh. Like, it is funny with comedy because I think it takes time to become good at something. And yeah. Just the more you get up on stage, totally. the better you are. And when you're first starting out, you want like everything at once, but it takes someone just seeing you yeah. and wanting to bring you on the road and wanting mm-hmm. to like mm-hmm. put you on shows and stuff. You yep. just gotta, you gotta let it happen. Yeah. You got, it has to be organic. It can't be, it can't be forced, but it, it, it should be something like if, if other people are saying that you're good at something, trust them for a little bit, like give, give them a, you know, like entertain their idea for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you'll suck. Maybe you'll find out it's not for you at all. It's a lot harder, but like, at some point just you know try like like humor them for a little bit yeah and then when you you went to Towson right yep when you went to Towson were you like I'm not gonna do entertainment at all or did you keep going in that no direction? I totally went that direction and it was a direction that you know was definitely guided because of what I had done um I decided I was gonna just get I was gonna get a theater uh major I was gonna major in theater and that was that was kind of like you know, really a bold step because my mom, she's a lawyer, but my dad was completely on board. You know, he was like, yeah, you know, you should do, you should do that. You know, I think you might. And the teacher told my parents, like, I think he should really pursue something in this. They, they like straight up. He couldn't even lie. Um, and my mom was still kind of like, you know, but maybe you should, you know, kind of study law, maybe get your law degree, have something to fall back in that type of thing. And I, I really kind of entertained that idea. I thought that maybe I would take maybe some law classes or, you know, get into like, philosophy or poly science political science or something like that but it never interested me and then even on another level when i started doing theater classes i found out there was a film program at towson so when i started taking film classes i was like whoa like i do love theater but i really love film that's it and it was like like it was like i was just starting to learn things in theater and i was like oh how can i apply this to the film world and then vice versa whereas a lot of students are either in one track i was like both tracks interest me Mm -hmm. and for that it made me be able to communicate to actors in in film scenes you know i can understand i can i can get i I can i can i have a greater appreciation for the acting whereas a lot of you see a lot of film projects people (laughs) just record their roommates and the the acting's not there it's just because they're trying to get a grade you know but I, i was able to really understand you know really get to the root and and depth of characters and now i understand like you know playwright playwriting as opposed to screenwriting and just like the whole world and and i ended up graduating with double majors so in film and in theater and i wish i just found out about film first i may have minored in theater so that i would have been able to graduate a semester earlier but nonetheless like i don't regret anything and it was it was the, i had a great experience look at you it's dope this dope. yeah you're a hustler why didn't you go to new york or did you go to new york first you know what new york's so accessible in dc that it never really felt like i was leaving anywhere like i mean yeah. th- don't get me wrong there's a lot of dc comedians that do move to new york but for me it was like you know what if i'm in new york if i'm in dc i can always take a train to new york it's a three hour three and a half hour round the train four hour bus ride you can go there early morning. You can stay there, hit some. You can legit do some mics and then go home in the same day. You can just make a whole day trip out of it. Or you know, I had friends in New York, so even if I needed to visit, I could just ride the train up, ride the bus up, which was very commonplace for me to do at that time. That's you know, take I a New saying. York trip. Yeah, so yeah. I was I'll do that all the time. Uh, but LA just seemed like the bigger, you know, the the it seemed like the right thing for me to do, you know. Were you doing stand-up in college, or didn't did you wait? Yeah, until you I started in college. So was someone like you're funny? Well, he, I I was always 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 cracking jokes, you know. Yeah. In high school, I ended up getting for our yearbook. I ended up getting biggest comedian, and so that kind of like was like, what really y'all like? Okay, like I'm funny, but like you you guys are saying a profession now, you know? It's yeah. not, it, but that's what it was. So then that kind of like made me kind of toy with the idea a little bit, but. One of my friends, uh, I grew up, my boy Gozi, he was doing an internship in Virginia at the time, and he 
Well, it was at this mall called Boston Commons Mall. And I he know saw, Boston Commons. You know Boston Commons? I went to University of Rhode Island. So oh, okay. A so lot of the girls would go to Boston Commons for the weekend to go shopping. For real? Down Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> Holy. Well, look. Yeah. So Boston Commons was the mall. And there was this place called Comedy Spot right in Boston Commons Mall. That's and my cool. boy saw a sandwich board that said, like, amateurs welcome. You know, come find out details inside. So he ended up going in and signed myself, my buddy Alan up. And we were like, holy shit. We, and they said, we have a date in two weeks. So we had to prepare three minutes of material apiece. We had this, it's us, it was like, oh, dude, we got a gig. Like, we're telling our friends, like, yeah, we got a gig in two weeks, guys. You know, so we got to, you know, come come out, make your way. It's like $5, you know, but just probably come early so you can get a seat. I mean, it's going to probably sell out. Like, we we didn't know. We felt like we were hot shots. Like, we just booked, like, Madison Square Garden, you know. Like, but it, I'm kind of, like, Chappelle adjacent. Yeah, we're really, really, really <laughs> right in that pocket. So... So we ended up getting, you know, we practiced every day at at, uh, at each other's houses, just getting our material together. I still have those DVDs, actually. But I remember, uh, you know, it was in 2006, and we ended up doing it, and we all did pretty well. Like, for our first time doing stand-up, like, we, we got laughs. We, we, we were in it. And then I uh, ended up just, I c- continued with it. I kept doing it, I kept doing it, I kept doing it. And... I ended up like being the only one that stuck with it. My other friends, you know, could still appreciate it from afar, but I, I really wish they would get back into it because it's just so therapeutic. Even though they were doing other jobs, you know, I feel like they would find fun in getting into the comedy circuit. Oh, there's definitely something therapeutic mm-hmm. about it, and there's also like a family like connection totally, you have with other totally. comedians. It's the truth. You don't understand. Like, people don't understand. Like you don't really feel lonely in L.A. when you get into that comedian circle. You know, at least you know you have people that kind of know what you're going through, and you can commiserate with them for the you know for the good the bad the worse do you have any advice for the meatballs out there that are moving across country to pursue something or trying to find like a group that they fit in with in a new place yeah i I would always i mean you gotta you gotta really take a look at your life where you are and if it seems like you're not really excelling at the rate that you want to i mean there's one on one hand you want to say yo be patient you know it can come but you also got to be bold and just break free and, and 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 pursue what you think that dream is and then like once you get there it's going to be hard but i think that it's all about that it's like the one of the biggest things i believe in is preparation meets opportunity is success that's so real because it, you gotta you gotta be prepared. You know, somebody at some point is gonna ask you. You know, if you say if you put your money where your mouth is and you say you can do something, somebody's gonna say, yeah, okay, do let's it. See, let's let's do it. You know, and if you're prepared, they're gonna be like, yo, this person's actually dope. So that happened to me actually tonight. For real? <laughs> well, I I met with some new reps in New York City when I was on oh, my yeah, New York right. City yeah, trip, yeah, yeah. and they were like, we're gonna be in LA, and <laughs> do you have shows and i didn't have a show booked tonight yeah. monday night whatever we usually that's do what you're working on yeah trying to get a show tonight yeah you know? and he, i booked a show at the hollywood improv and now they're coming and so just, great yeah but you just got to jump and be like okay i'll make it happen yeah if, and, and the fact that you're ready it's like you know there's no turning back and then i always say another thing i, I kind of live by is like um do one thing towards your future every day. If you do at least, at least one thing towards your future every day, at the end of the year, you've done 365 things. Leap year, 366. But <laughs> how can you lose if you've done 365 things towards your career? You know, how can you really lose? Even if it's just reading a blurb online or watching a movie that, like, I mean, for our industry, you know, watching a film, studying some of the actors or studying some stand-up, just mm-hmm. reading a book or reading or just going outside and just observing and writing, whatever it may be, if that's, count that as one thing towards your future. You can't fail if you're doing 366 things. And and, and that's just the, that's the bare minimum. Yeah. You know, you might be doing two, three, four. I mean, hell, you doing this podcast is one thing for your future. Then you're going to go hit stage in a second like that's another thing towards your future you know mm. what i mean you cannot lose at this rate you can't <laughs> mom are you listening yeah miss <laughs> <laughs> marfuji you can't she's not gonna lose at this rate <laughs> even if if you are you know a stay-at-home mom or if you're working in finance or whatever that yeah. still applies to it like if you want to become a better wife a better husband a b- just a better school teacher yeah. if you do at least one thing every single day that either inspires you or makes it better. Yeah. Then I think you're one step closer to. You totally that. are, dude. You totally are. You can't. You can't fail. And I think that it's like you don't even realize like how much you've uh, accumulated 
or you know toward towards your future by doing all that you, like at some point you'll sit back and be like oh yeah i know that i know that oh yeah i know how to do that oh yeah i know how to do that you know because at some point you took the time out to do that mm-hmm. what are your favorite like hobby like what do you do i feel like you're always either working do? yeah. or doing stand-up or you know like you're Man. always doing stuff what do you do to just let go and relax Jeez, what do I, do? I play video games i watch sports what's your favorite game my favorite game Any probably, gamers right now I'm playing uh, Zelda and Super Mario Odyssey on Nintendo Switch. Oh. So I got a Nintendo Switch. I don't even know what that is. Nintendo, it's, the new, <laughs> it's the new Nintendo system. You oh, is it really the, small? It's kind of small. It's like a portable. You can take the, the joysticks off on each side. Oh, that's just, cool. Just look it up after this interview and you'll be like, oh, I've seen that before. Super Mario is my favorite game. It's so fun. It's the shit. Yeah. I got that. I play video games. I watch movies. Um... I like I do like to go to parties and yeah. I mean drinking is obviously a good pastime. What's your favorite drink? I tried to offer him drinks, but oh, he's yeah. being good. He's I mean, taping could, tomorrow. No, no, I mean we'll take I can take a drink. <laughs> you know? um, What's your favorite drink my of favorite, choice? My drink of choice would probably be just so I know next time you do the podcast, I'll have it here for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Once I'm done filming this show, I'm drinking. You owe yeah. me a drink. Yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like I'm not. I'm not saying I don't drink. Right now, I can't drink. It's I gotta be disciplined, or else you'll have me up here uh, drunk as fuck for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What's my jersey? Uh, Jack face. Daniels. Jack Daniels is my jersey. Jack That's, Daniels. Yeah. No. 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 I'm not. I'm oh. just saying that for the sake of the joke. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh. You know. I think I'm gonna say. Uh. Jim Beam. Jim Beam. Jim Beam. My family. We always had some Jim Beam in the house. Okay. Jim Beam is definitely a drink, one of my one of my favorites. Uh, some Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker. I like go, Johnny Walker. I love Johnny. That's good. Um, McAllen. McAllen. Uh, go 12, the good McAllen 18, 12, 12 probably. 12. I'll probably stay in 12. 18 if I can find some. If, no, if somebody has 18, I'm not going to pass it up. Right. You know, but I usually get my hands on some 12. Um, and then I guess the number one would be tequila. I love tequila. Tequila's Tequi- good for me. Tequila is, I don't even consider, I almost forgot it because I don't consider it in alcohol. It's just a basic food it's, group. It's, it's, like it's, it's there, right? Yeah. It's like poultry, <laughs> fruits and veggies, tequila. Jose Cuervo. Like, <laughs> that's pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw, there's a Mexican man sitting down in one of those pyramids, right? Just waiting for you to finish taping. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's a good, um, actually, that brings us to our Just Enough with Jacqueline segment. Oh, okay. I didn't know there was segment. You there didn't really t- prep me. I love that you have segments. Because I'm seamlessly just hosting. It's good. It's good. Uh, just Enough with Jacqueline is basically just enough sports for the week for anyone to talk about sports. Okay. If you don't give a shit. This is just kind of some of the stuff that's happening. Yeah. Uh, right now, actually, uh, there is a former player, Josh Gordon. Yeah. He used to be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. For the Browns, um, he just told GQ magazine that he used drugs and alcohol before every NFL game he played in. Yeah, which I didn't know this about players that actually a lot of them do that. Dude, I mean, some people it becomes superstition almost. Like you know, you get into this routine of like whatever you you, you start drinking. Like some, I mean, some players you gotta look it back. It, it takes them like think about it like this: if you're that player that drank before every high school game when it really didn't matter, you know, as much, and then you kept winning games, you're gonna be like, "Yo, dude, I, I think I have you. to be drunk to to do well." Then you get to college, you're still drinking, and then by the time you get to the NFL, it's like, "Yo." I think that's my lucky charm. That's my rabbit's foot is getting fucking hammered before a game. I mean, you've, you've seen comedians. There's some well, of us that... that's why I wanted to... I was you know? curious what you thought about mm-hmm. this because I know comics that are... A lot of comedians I know now are sober. Yeah. I feel like a lot don't touch the stuff. Yeah. But then there's other comics that like need to Can't drink stop. before a show or, yeah. you know, drink on stage. And I... Do you agree I've with heard that? Donnell told me, don't, he said, he told me, he's kind of sunned me on this because I used to try to sometimes bring a drink on stage. He was like, son, you haven't, you haven't earned that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't be bringing a drink on stage because it makes, it makes you look like to the audience, like you too cool for school. Like, if you don't, if you don't have them captivated, if they didn't come because of you necessarily, like they didn't, you didn't sell out tickets. Like, why do you, why are you so cocky to be drinking on stage? Which is a great point. And I, and I don't care who you are. Like, that goes to anybody. If you, if you, if they pay to come see you, have a drink on stage because it's like they're coming into your house. Be comfortable. But if you're just like a person there, then they're it just it just gives a different a weird like air that you think you're better. 
you know it's also i think kind of a crutch it is a crutch for sure i like i like it like this if i'm gonna drink on stage i want to feel that i've gained the trust and i've gained like the the room i've earned the room mm. and then i say man who's drinking and can, can somebody get me a shot and then that's the point you'll I find like a lot of that. people like yo yo yeah i'm gonna get you i'm gonna buy you a tequila shot because then the audience even jumps in and they're excited to see you taking a drink because they're like yo this dude is really just like me you know you've already explained you've already gone through your material and related to them now you're relating to them drinking but they it's i don't know and, and the other thing with me it's like when i go on stage a lot of people if i'm if i'm playing for a little bit like you know older audience they look at me like a kid i've started to really realize that i'm not intimidating on stage mm-hmm. so i have to play it like i'm the I'm, I'm, I got to play victim a lot of times in my jokes. I can't really play the aggressor. Or if You're I'm, like the younger brother. I am. You're like so, the, and that's a great thing. Some people get a little like their their guard gets up if I curse too much. I can't say bitch in my set. It doesn't work. In a derogatory blood. way. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't say, man, I was with these bitches last night. Like it, it's harsh. It hurts. You, I saw you flinch a little bit. You just flinched. <laughs> I can say this. I can say this. However, man, this girl, this girl called me a bitch last night. She said, I mean, yeah, granted, I was kind of acting like a little bitch last night but she treated me like you know i feel like i felt like a bitch i could say that and no one even realized that i just said the same word that i said earlier it's the context if i'm the bitch in the joke cool but if someone else if a girl is the bitch in the joke not cool not cool so i don't know man it's it's so funny. that's about drinking on stage, drinking just, on stage. <laughs> yeah yeah drink before games drink yeah, it's funny because my brother was a professional athlete oh yeah what do he play he played soccer professionally soccer, okay and did yeah. he drink before games absolutely not no okay he's the most he's very straight i mean he'll you know relax yeah. with a glass of wine here yeah. and there but like now he coaches soccer for a big university and he i feel like never went down that route so i think it's interesting i think it's to each his own though totally. like what and works for you, you. Could do, i mean you just once it becomes that crutch it's like you want to be able to know you could do stand up without being wasted. Exactly. You want to be able to access that that zone and be in the in that pocket. You don't want to have to depend on alcohol to get you there. No, it's so true. Mm-hmm. God, I am. Um, do you play fantasy football? I do, I do, and I'm not. I'm really. I mean, my team sucks this year because I I ended up doing an auto draft. Oh, I wasn't God, around me. for it. Uh, did you have a show the night of everyone? That's what's happened to me the past no, two years. No, I was in New Mexico. I was in New Mexico the day of my draft, and I just couldn't, like, I couldn't, I didn't have any Wi-Fi. I didn't have the access <laughs> I needed. Like, when I when I do my draft, I need to have a nice computer set up yeah. so I can hear the chime when it's my turn to draft a player so I can go do some other activity <laughs> and then come back to it. I can't be in this in these pockets where I'm not getting service, and then I don't know if a player got drafted or auto-drafted or who's in my so I have to, like, set a almost set a queue it's just too stressful so i just said forget it let me see how these first few games go with my team and then i my team sucks so it's like i just kind of like gave up this year and the year before last year i was second in my division or i was second in, in the league and then the year before that i ended up winning oh yeah look at you i know so how are you doing this year again like i told you i'm sucking this year i'm the worst this i'm year. terrible I'm, I'm i don't even i don't even look at my i don't i don't i literally have not looked at it like i looked at it maybe three times this season Oh, well, I, this past week, I'm, I'm like, again, this like is like, I have I Odell. I, I like, look, I, I have Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. And he's dude, injured. And he, wait, you keep playing Odell? I no, even no, know I, to drop him. <laughs> Bench him. No, I got him. He's gone now. He's gone. But, okay. but like, I had him and then like for like three games, like I just didn't care, you, you know? You didn't care. You were like, oh, maybe I was like, oh, I and I have him. Odell. Yeah, I guess I'm going to lose this one. And this week I had three of my players that had a bye. Like, why would they auto draft three people that have a bye the same exact week from uh, different teams? That's stupid. Stupid, man. Yeah, we're just bitter. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually mad because <laughs> I mean, mad. It's just, I got so. I mean, I, I won two years ago. Yeah. I was second place last year. Like, I'm title. starting to feel my fantasy. Like, you know, I've chip on my shoulder. Well, step it up. Trade some players. I know. I Do know. some work on this <laughs> fantasy. I'm very mad. Deshaun Watson was on my team, and he was. Oh man, a lot of points. Have you ever won or have you ever gotten? Absolutely not. No? <laughs> still got hope, though? I still have hope. It's fun. It makes it more fun because I'm a huge New York Giants fan, and I think maybe we should just quit for the rest of the season, as New York Giants fans probably agree. You and I have a game on Thanksgiving. Oh, my Re- God. Redskins-Giants. Red- oh, God, yeah, yes. you are a Redskins fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, I am that. <laughs> I mean, if the Giants show up to the game, this will be fun for us. Yeah, well, it can be fun. I mean, either way, we we just can't keep to keep it up. We just lost, you know. 
We just keep losing, dude. So do we. I mean, it's just not our year. I think no. football's in a weird place right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything everything is going. It is in a weird place. Everything's, everything's going in on. a weird place. <laughs> taking taking knees and boycotts and sons of bitches. God. It's a weird. It's we talked good. about the Papa John's guy last. Papa John's. Week. Yeah, yeah. I just heard about oh, that man. too. That's nuts. Blaming everyone from the NFL for the poor sales. Maybe it's your it, cardboard it, pizza. <laughs> I don't know. I like Papa John's pizza. You, you don't do? like Papa John's pizza? I mean, I you're like Italian, so you're partial to vats of garlic sauce. Oh yeah, no, garlic sauce is it's it's <laughs> pretty crust. much. I order a garlic soup with a pizza crouton in it. That's what it is. There I, you go. I love. I used to drink the garlic sauce when I was younger too. I I don't. I take mind little that. sips of it, like little, just like with my pizza, like taking a little. All right, here's my next bite. Take I respect sip. that a yeah. lot. Look love at you. Garlic. I love their garlic sauce. That's amazing. I feel like that's just enough that we need to know. I mean, little little tidbit. Uh, mm. Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green and the Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey actually will not be suspended for fighting in Sunday night's game. But do you want to know the minimum fine? They're just going to be fined? How crazy is this? This is NFL money for you guys. The minimum fine for fighting as your first offense is 30300 and. Eighty-seven dollars. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more. Thirty thousand. What? Three hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Oh, I thought you were gonna say thirty thousand three hundred eighty-eight dollars. That's Jesus. No, that that's reasonable. That's a reasonable fine. Yeah. <laughs> For fighting on the. That, that is kind of funny. Yo. That's the most expensive world star fight that you can <laughs> that could be thrown down on the field. Damn. I mean, but but I mean. That's a good. That's a good. Like you got to be really angry. But that's a good. <laughs> that's a good rule to have in place, man. Because yeah. you can't just fight, dude. Like that's. It's. I mean, it's unsportsmanlike, dude. If you can't hit, holding your temper is part of the sport, man. Mm -hmm. It's a, because the thing is, it's like yeah, it's a physical game, but it's also a very much a mental game. And if you allow other players to like, if I'm not the nicest player on the field, like hell, if I was playing football right now, my size, my stature, just like this. Hell no, I'm going to get my ass whooped on the field. People are going to beat my ass. But what I'm going to use is my comedic abilities, my insults, and all that shit. And I'm going to believe, best believe I'm going to get in these motherfuckers' heads. Mm -hmm. Best believe I'm going to be down on the line like, you ain't shit, your mama ain't shit, you ain't never going to be shit. You got the worst stats. You ain't going to be a Hall of Famer. You wish you had a ring. The only <laughs> ring you're going to have is onion rings, you bam ass, whack ass nick. Like, I'll say things like that, you know? Just to get in there. I feel like they need you just oh, as like yeah. a hype man on the sideline. Oh, island. yeah, yeah. And that's just talking to the water boy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> But is this how this is perfect? Because I'm so curious. I want you to tell the meatballs how Crashly, it's the show that you host, yeah. how that came about and what the audition process was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Man, Crashly's has been. And explain the show, like what it's Okay, about. yeah, yeah, for sure. Crashly's is basically the little brother to ridiculousness. So if you've seen ridiculousness on MTV, it's a clip show. Yeah. You know, they run the funniest sports or they fun they run fails you know people getting hurt people doing crazy wild stuff animals doing cute things babies doing cute stuff just funny funny vi funny videos that have appeared online or whatever and the way crash leads works is that we put a sports a fake sports angle so it's a really a pseudo sports show we, we we it's almost like a parody of what a sports show would be like we know we're not a sports show but we're making fun of all these kids failing and their dads failing and whatnot and um, it's 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 been a, an amazing ride. I mean, we're going into this third season. We literally just started filming our first episode for season three today. Yes, and we had a, and we had uh, you know first two seasons. Our co-host was Rob Gronkowski, but unfortunately, Nickelodeon wanted to pull the trigger on shooting some more episodes, and he's in season right now, obviously. Yeah. So we just you know that just didn't work out. So they ended up getting um, we're gonna have like. Uh, celebrity at celebrity guest athletes fill in I think for those awesome. episodes oh yeah it's still it's still fun I mean, you know i miss my homie gronk you know that's my that's the bro now man i, I respect you know him uh, and good luck to you know the pates patch patriot the pats this season good luck to them was he really fun on set he's fun man he feels like a brother that i never had it feels like we grew up in the na same neighborhood he reminds me a lot of the friends i did grow up with you know okay. so it was easy like it, it, it felt like i knew him off break you know it, it didn't feel like weird like Oh, this this guy that I can never connect with, like, dude, he's super down to earth, super funny, and that, and I think what I love most about him is that he's able to be himself no matter what, and you know, it's it's kind of it's a redeeming quality with him. You know, a lot of NFL players, you know, some of them have an air, some of them may you know may come off aggressive or or whatever. He's like, dude, he's just a very jolly giant, man, big guy. He's probably you know hard hard on the field, but a very you know uh, lovable guy off the field. Seems like a big teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't hug, you know, hug him or nothing like that, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't like to hug Gronk. <laughs> yeah, maybe for you, you know, you might like him like a teddy bear, or whatever. But nah, he's he's just a good guy. So, uh, anyways, Crash Leads came about 
we um when I did the experiment, I ended up going to a Christmas party for that company, which was T Group. And that was in 2015. I went to a Christmas party. And I I ran into this guy named Brian Samuels. He's like a, a sports agent or whatever. And I was just talking to him at the party, not talking about anything that I really did. We were just talking about like sports and cracking jokes and whatnot. And we just turned out to be a really good night. He ended up, uh, he was working on this new show that was to be developed. And they were still casting. They were looking for you know, they're, third, they're looking for their hosts. They knew that they had Rob Gronkowski attached to it, but they were looking for the male and the female host. So he ended up submitting me to Super Jacket Productions. Or, he, excuse me, he ended up submitting me to the showrunner because he knew the showrunner. So he submitted me to the showrunner. The showrunner was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll look at Brandon's reel. Yeah, just give me some time. I'll look at it. Kept putting it off. Then finally, Brian was like, yo, did you check out the reel? And the, the guy, Matt, was like, yeah, look, all right, all right, I'll look at it as soon as I go home. So he finally looked at it, and he was like, oh, damn, like, I really should have looked at his reel. So right then, he ended up sending my reel over to the executive producer of the production company, who was this guy, Shane Nickerson. And Shane Nickerson saw it and was like, oh, wow, like kind of like put it off. He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it too. And then he finally got to it was like, oh, wow, like I got to send this up to Nickelodeon. So he sent it up to Nickelodeon, and they were like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's great, you know. So All they, just from a tape. Just from, just from one of my reels. They okay. thought I was perfect for it. So they ended up having a, a uh, audition and I wasn't a part of that audition. I was a part of the callback. So they had a callback. Like because I the, know they auditioned for a lot of girls. They did audition for. They did audition for a lot of girls. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh wow. Yeah. See, I, I didn't know any. I don't know really who. I know a few people that auditioned. But I more so know the people that were called back with me. Okay. And, you know, like I, I saw, uh, there's a couple people that, you know that were in that audition, and so I went in, and they, you know, they told me like, you know, I had it in the bag. They're like, you know, go do your thing, show out. They really like you, so. It's kind of like your audition to lose type of thing. I was like, all right, bet. So I ended up going in. Do you have any audition rituals or anything you do to just like um, not get too nervous? I pray. I look at the material and I try to think of a clever angle on what's already on the paper. I, I try to really sit there and think kind of producer, director. I'm like, okay, what's everybody going to do? They're going to look at this paper. They're going to say this line. They're probably all going to say it these three ways. But who's going to enter the room like this? Who's going to exit the room like this? I try to leave a first impression and a last impression, yeah. whatever, however it may be. And while I'm doing the content, even if I don't, I don't let the page rattle me. I try to, even if I can, if I can go jump off the page and just be in the moment, so they can feel. It's ephemeral. Like you feel it when somebody's engaged, when somebody's uh, on, and somebody's present. You can feel it. You can feel it when they're just stuck to a, a script or sides. So I, so I, uh, they ended up giving, you know, they gave me the material. And I could have just, you know, winged it and, you know, because they already quote unquote liked me. But I actually, I went through a bunch of, I went through all the jokes, all the clips, and I wrote jokes, like jokes that I thought were super funny. And I actually had my boy Paul Elia. You know Paul Elia. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul. I had Paul uh, look at the jokes with me. You know, that's, that's, whenever, you know, Paul, Paul and I always write together, you know. Oh. So it was natural that I was going to, like, yo, like, what do you think of these jokes? So he sent me some jokes and we went back and forth. And I feel like I had some solid, like, like jokes to go in with. So when I went in, I mean, my jokes, like they just hit, like they were, everyone was laughing in the room. So you probably it was like didn't even sound. need the paper. I didn't even you need the paper just so at all. Prepared. Was, I was prepared. Super, I was super, that I was word. prepared, dude. <laughs> I was very prepared. I was super, super duper prepared. And that ended up being, they, they kept me there at the callback. And I was like, okay, they send a bunch of other people in they're like, and then they send me another girl. I'm like, all right, cool. Then they asked me, can I stay again? And I'm like, all right, cool. And they were like, all right, look, the Duke told me, he's like, all right, look, man, honestly, they already decided they want you. They're just trying to figure out the girl now. So if you if you, if you you don't mind staying, just keep that to yourself. Just keep going. But, but just keep, keep coming energy in. energy up. <laughs> so I stayed there for another one. And this last co this last uh, person that came in was Stevie Nelson. She was the one, you know, that ended up getting it. We had great chemistry from the jump. They really liked how we interacted. I mean, there was three girls that I definitely remember from our audition that I thought, you know, I had great chemistry with too. But it, yeah. it, for as far as Nickelodeon's concerned, I think the Stevie Brody uh, matchup was was the best thing for Nickelodeon. And that's something people need to remember is that sometimes it's out of your hands. It's out of your hands. Yeah. You know? Like it's not like it, it's never it's you know, there's sometimes where it's like, yo, you, you're just trash. You suck. But then sometimes it's like, dude, it's like not what they want. You know, it's not it's what a they chemistry want. thing. It's I've gone in for Bravo. Looks. I've gone in for E, you know, yeah. and, and I and I already kind of knew I was like, I'm probably not going to get this. But like, I'm at least going in to show my face and if i don't get it i'm cool and then when i see some of their hosts i'm like yeah that's not me yeah that makes I'm, sense i'm not that person you know mm-hmm. again like 
you just gotta you just gotta but you gotta uh have you be, had um sorry i interrupted no, no, you you, you gotta, gotta be prepared be you gotta be prepared that's gonna be the um so anyway that turned into crash leaks <laughs> and now you're in the third season third season have you had any cool guests or like anyone that you want to actually have on the show man i ran into shaquille o'neal at the zoo and biggest hands i've ever ever shook Shaq. Yeah, oh yeah 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 his hands are like holy shit they're like three of anyone's hands just it's it's like you have to you have to shake his hand with both of your hands in one <laughs> hand just just so he knows you're touching him i want to see obama shake shaq's hand oh yeah obama's <laughs> hands are about they're a little bigger than mine but like we're about the same we're right around he's about two inches taller than me but we're right in the same ballpark i feel like he, it's like he's sitting no, right Shaq here. is i mean he dude like everyone was more excited about seeing shaq than they were about the animals. So, like I, you could hear the buzz around the zoo. It was at the zoo. Everyone was like, Sha- Shaquille Neal's at the food area. He's in the food. He's getting oh food God. right now. He's getting food. So he became a bigger attraction. Everyone wanted to go see Shaq. So I, I came up to him and I said, Hey, what's up, man? And he, and he said, What's up to me? And I, I was like, Dude, like I um, I'm on crash leads and everything. Yo, we'd love to have. He's like, Oh no, he was familiar with the show and ah. said, Look, I'm waiting on y'all. You let me know. And I have a video of him saying that. So. They weren't able to get him this season, but he is in that back pocket for some episodes. So, you know, I'd love to have him on. It would be dope to get Michael Jordan on. I've never seen Michael Jordan ever in in real life, you know. I've seen so many people, and I've never just seen Michael Jordan. I just want to be able to. Is he your favorite athlete of Uh, all time? I know. That's a tough question. You know what? Um, I I don't know who my favorite athlete is. I've never really had to, like. Sit down and think about that. I can give you someone, but um, there's someone you respect or looked up, look up to or looked up to. When I you mean, right now kid. it's Colin Kaepernick, straight up. Yeah. I mean, if if I were, uh, I, I think he's the one. I mean, I like I like athletes that really do make a difference. I do stuff outside their jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. I like Charles Barkley. You know, I like I like his humor. I love I love who he is. You know, the presence he brings as a as a newscaster. I do he's give good it, comedic yeah, timing. Yeah, I, li- I like <laughs> the ones that uh, that respect the craft outside of their sport, like Michael Strahan. Even like love he's Michael he's Strahan. great. Like I love I like those types of people. So I did a show at the Comedy Store Oscar night a few years ago, and he was. Yeah. In the room in the main stage, and I managed to throw a New York Giants joke in there. Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite uh, moments on stage. Uh, Meta, I did. I actually did a show with him at the Improv. Meta World Peace. Meta World Peace. <laughs> this dude uh, ended up having me do a set. He was hosting a show at the Improv, a comedy show. He put what? Legit, it was the Meta World Peace comedy show at the Improv, and he <laughs> just so random. He just, it was so random, but he had me be on. I did a good set, and he was just. It was just so nice of him because he has no idea his platform and what that can do for comedians. Just having me it's kind of like what Shaq did for the comedy all-stars just putting his name is so powerful that it gives these other comedians that are that don't have a name a chance mm-hmm. all you need sometimes you just all you need is that person to validate once you got that validation you could be good Dr. Dre validated Eminem Eminem validated 50 Cent 50 Cent validated Young Buck Lloyd Game you see what I'm saying? You just need someone on your team. You just need someone on your team, but that has done it before you. Then you exactly. look, then you look hot. So it's like a lot of comedians is are that out what here. Donnell was for you. Definitely with Donnell is, and and still is for me. You know, he opens a lot of doors and he helps out because. But I have to do the work. It is still my job to do the work because he's not gonna be. He's not. He, he don't want his reputation embarrassed. You know, uh-huh. he wants me to be as as hot as I can. Um, but it definitely makes it a lot easier than you know. A lot of comedians have the wrong idea. They have it backwards. They think you gotta. You got to be all cool with the booker. Or you got to be all cool with these other comedians that are like, no, learn from the people that have already done it. Learn from the established people. That's the fast track. Like, listen to them. Help them out with stuff. Let them know about social media. Film their stuff. Do do the stuff that they might not be doing, but 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 help their career. When they see that you want to actually help their career, they're naturally going to try to help your career. They know, like, oh, yeah, this dude, every time I put him on my shows, you know, he makes sure he, he he's promoting my show. He's... He's doing graphics for me. He's helping me sell tickets. He's doing stuff that I don't want to think about or He's I don't want to do. Think about the things that they don't want to do, and that can help them out a lot. Look at you. You know what I mean? We're just dropping vice bombs. Gems, dog. It's open. Just open that treasure box. I'm dropping gems in there right now. <laughs> Donnell and I were sitting at the bar at the Hollywood Improv, the lab. Yeah. And there was some comic on stage talking about like women and like the hottest female parts. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we both, it was very random. Yeah. Both kind of looked at each other and we were like, I i think the thigh gap is the hottest part. The thigh gap? <laughs> the thigh gap. And then right when here. he would leave town to do shows, he would just send me pictures every time he walked by a gap store. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Of the gap. Yeah, I yeah, missed yeah. that, Donnell. 
That was a few years ago. The gap. That's that made me funny. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I mean, there's a lot of hot parts on chicks. I don't know if that's the hottest part. But that's it's that's hey man it's it's easily in the top five. Yeah. I mean I'm gonna give that you know. I appreciate it. It's the in humor the top. In it's that. in the top five. <laughs> Definitely in the top five. <laughs> yes. Is it hard? Um, and I know we have to wrap this up because okay. I have to go to the Hollywood Improv now. You good? Um, is it hard dating and doing comedy? Do you have a girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean it's you know what initially I think the hardest part. Because before I was even with her, I, you know, I was talking to girls here and there. And I think the hardest thing was like inviting if I was talking to multiple girls at the same time and then they all show up to the same show. Then I have to do a quick exit because it's awkward. You know, I've had situations where like, you know, because there's some girls that I was kind of talking to and they thought that me inviting them to the show meant that that was that their was time it. with me for the <laughs> night. That was their evening. So it's like they'd come all dressed up and done up. And oh, it's their with night. Their plans. Like, oh, yeah, after we do this, then <laughs> we're probably probably gonna like go out somewhere or whatever and me it's like oh shit like i can't i don't know what to do i i I just didn't do well in those situations so i'd have to be like okay um i'm gonna let you know what's good i have to roll out right now because i have to do something and i'd say that to whoever the girls that showed up for me in that type of you know manner which was kind of awkward but i don't know man it's it's interesting it's it's like you also i think dating the hard thing is like you don't want to you don't want to be you don't want to create like such a good joke and it's about someone and then they're in the audience it's tough i mean my main squeeze comes to certain shows and he oh. works in the industry but on the other side yeah, and yeah. it's uh, he's a good coach though i think is you're he, with a good a person no okay. he's on the producing side good and i think if you're with someone who can get that it's comedy yeah and understand that sometimes it's for the joke mm-hmm and maybe even coach you on it. Yeah. That's the person you have to be with if exactly. you're a comedian. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, have to separate. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they need to be able to discern, but sometimes it's just like, it's just hard to, if you're talking so much trash about them or you're doing, like, you, you, I mean, I see people all the time talking so much trash about their significant other, and then it's like, you see them and you're like, you were just talking all this stuff. I don't and it's like, like that. you know, we, we don't know. As comedians, you know, we know that some of our stuff, you know, is lies and some of it's the truth embellished. And it's like, okay, at the core of what he said, that person really does do that. Or that person really did do that, you know? It's a fine line. Mm -hmm. So do you talk about your girlfriend on stage? Yeah, I do. And I I do it in a way that I don't think really ever, you know, could sabotage her self-image. You know, it's all true stuff. I mean, uh, it's like I, I, I touch on just like... Just stuff that is very that she would probably tell you herself. You know, I don't really go deep into something that might really hurt her and that you know attack her that might make that makes me la- I think get the funny, laugh. embarrassing moments that make you. That's look what like it is. Yeah, yeah. I, and clown. I'll do that all day. Like, like I. <laughs> That's like, great. Yeah, her being the straight man and me doing the embarrassing. <laughs> That's dumb what thing, I do. I'll do that type of stuff. I'm never like he done the. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like you're complaining. No, I, I I'm like, like I'm crazy. I like to be like I like to everyone to be on her side in the joke, you know, and I'm the idiot because I think they, exactly. they laugh and it makes me more redeeming. All right, I'm gonna do a quick fire question round and then we are gonna wrap this up. Cool. All right. Uh, Meatballs or meat sauce? Meatballs. Meatballs. Love it. Um, Favorite sport played as a kid? Basketball. Goodfellas or casino? Goodfellas. (laughs) Everyone says Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Goodfellas, man. (laughs) Come on, because he was making the stoop at the end, man. That scene where he razor blade with the... uh, With the the whatchamacallit? The garlic? Come on. Oh, it's so good. Right? I love that. You know this. You're amazing. Um... Lady Gaga or Britney Spears? Britney Spears. I had a crush on her. Oh, baby, baby. Oh. Man, I got her. I, embarrassingly, here's an embarrassing thing. I got her her CD. I saw it at uh, there was a, like a little electronic store, and you get like three CDs for the price of like twelve. Mm-hmm. And I got Eminem. I got Busta Rhymes and I got Britney Spears and I was so embarrassed that I got it, but I thought she was so hot and I wanted to see the centerfold inside the. I just I literally got it because I want to see the pictures on the inside. <laughs> I used to do that. That's too. how like creepy. Yeah. Album. I like I listened to her album maybe <laughs> one time through, and then I ended up giving it to my friend's sister. But I I was so embarrassed that I had it. Like my friends actually roasted me for having it. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. Um, let's see, what would be your last meal on earth? My last meal on earth would be some kind of pasta oh god you're so on brand with what's your jersey podcast 
I'm, I'm, come on, I'm, I love I'm, it. I'm appealing to the audience. I know you are. What kind of pasta do you like? A meat sauce? You like a good? No, nah, I'd be probably sauce? a good cream sauce, yeah, or, or or I'd have, or I'd do a risotto. Oh yeah. yeah, I like a good truffle oil. With yeah, I love truffle risotto. oil, dude. Oh. I cook with truffle oil. That's, oh God, yeah. you cook too? Oh yeah, come on, you gotta get your black and your white truffle oil right. You oh Jesus! Put in some macaroni and cheese. Brandon. Yeah, oh, and one last question. <laughs> I want to know what good googly moogly means because that is a name that is on a lot of your social media yeah good googly moogly uh when facebook was like i don't know this was I don't know, sometime in college project pat came out with a song named good googly moogly and i could not believe that there was a song out there at the time called good googly moogly that i was like you know what i'm changing my facebook name to be good googly moogly and everyone thought it was funny and they read on my wall and it was just kind of a funny thing at the time it just stuck since, and I think it stands out a lot more on Facebook because everyone sees that. They know, oh, they, you can't avoid seeing Brandon Good Googly Moogly Brody. You just see it. And the other thing is, like, it's just how ridiculous that, that was at the time. Now you look at the songs. Their song's called Patty Cake now. Mm-hmm. Like, that was ridiculous then, Good Googly Moogly. The songs have gotten way more ridiculous since then. But that song almost stands up as, like, uh, one of the classics. I mean, I'd cast you based alone on that name. On oh, Good Googly Moogly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The lyrics are good Googly Moogly, that thing is juicy. That's literally the song. You got to go. Have you heard it? No. All right, I'm going to play it for you. <laughs> you you got to hear that song. <laughs> right after. Maybe that I could be this. the music bed to outro uh, this, this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to let the editor know that. Yeah. Um, t- how, can you, um, how can the meatballs find you? Pimp yourself out. Meatballs, you can find me at Brody the Joker, at B-R-O-A-D-Y the Joker on all social media platforms. And, of course, on Facebook, I'm Brandon Good Googly Moogly Brody. But you can find me probably just typing in Brandon Brody, B-R-O-A-D-Y on Google. And I'll probably end up on anything that you can <laughs> possibly find me on. You're very accessible. I'm accessible. And when does Crash Leads premiere? How can they watch Crash Leads premieres on January 5th, 2018, Season 3. Yes. You can watch reruns to get you know get over it you know get over it right now hold yourself over until uh, January but new episode twenty new episodes we're filming the in the next few weeks I'm so proud I'm of so you. excited I'm so happy thank you so much yes, thank you this has been inspiring informative yes. and funny you're the it's been best great you're the best thank you for having me thank you for this is being awesome here. meatballs yeah he's not eating his meatballs what's your jersey. Yeah. Love it. I am Jacqueline Fuji. I just want to thank you guys for rating, reviewing, and listening. I'm an idiot. I just got the meaning of your what's your jersey. Do you get it now? Oh, <laughs> dope. Get dope. It. The double meaning. I get it now. I'm yeah, from yeah. New Jersey. That's yeah. my jersey. Yeah, that's your jersey. That's what you rock. It yeah. is. And Meatball, okay. send me your questions. What's your jersey podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to me, and you can find me on social media at Jacqueline Marfuji. I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, bye.